Hello, Tesla Nation. You're watching The Tesla Life with your host, Mark Huglin. I can't hear you, Mark. Nobody can hear you. Nobody. You don't have the little golden line around you, which means we can't hear you. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Tesla Life. As soon as Mark gets his technical issues figured out, we'll uh, be able to hear from you. He was talking before the show, so this is, yeah. this is weird. There we go. Oh, there he is. Now we got you. You're on now, Mark. <laughs> okay. Take well, her away. Weird. <clears throat> welcome to the Tesla Life number 294. Here we are on the, what is it, the 15th of February, 2023. Welcome to the show, everybody. I have no idea why my audio disappeared for about uh, 25 seconds. That was kind of weird. But uh, okay, I'll roll with it. Um, as always, uh, we have my my two co-hosts. Uh, Mr. Patrick Connor joins us from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? Hello, I'm good. Hey, everybody. It's uh, I hope you all had a good uh, Valentine's Day. It's nice and sunny here, cranking out the kilowatts. Uh, being come to you solar powered. Excellent, excellent. Also joining us as per usual, Mr. Casey Green from the some undisclosed location on the East Coast side. <laughs> How are you today, sir? Prepping for another location. <laughs> <laughs> Always on the move. Him down. Well, when you're in the witness <laughs> protection program, you can't uh, you can't stay in one place too long, can you, Casey? <laughs> you also can't do YouTube podcasts. Well, stuff. he's doing it. That's you know. He, well, we got a ton of news this week, as is not surprising to anyone that's followed this podcast. Um, wanted to start off uh, with some good news for uh, Starlink. Actually, a couple notes on it. Uh, first of all, uh, they started to um, uh, uh, provide a service to Brazil certainly a large company in South America, as well Country, as some other yeah. South American countries are now open to this. So it's uh, they're uh, starting to uh, provide that service. It's going to be, uh, it's kind of interesting. I haven't heard a lot about South America, but obviously with North America uh, being covered with the three countries, it makes sense now that the uh, that South America is going to be available because of course, on the other side of the world, Australia uh, has had it for some time. So the uh, Constellation is uh, covering South America now, and they're getting some countries uh, to join in. So uh, very good there. Other information on Starlink was that uh, uh, Gwen uh, Stockwell from uh, SpaceX, uh, she had mentioned that uh, she believes that uh, Starlink could be profitable in 2023. Right. So uh, they had their first positive quarter uh, recently, and uh, she uh, believes that uh, they could be they could make a profit this year. And she was quick to add, "No, I don't know when an IPO could possibly." Happen. <laughs> she read <laughs> my mind because that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking: is when is it going to IPO? I want to invest. Exactly, exactly. So uh, that's uh, that's great news for Starlink. I, I can't imagine. Well, 
I can't imagine the amount of money that's been spent to get that service running. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily, Elon Musk owned a rocket company already. I don't <laughs> think anyone else could afford to get something like this off the ground, literally, uh, and get a constellation of thousands of satellites in space. There it, is Jeff Who, but he's, he's kind of slow at it. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff's not uh, <laughs> playing the game very well at this point. So, well, didn't he just get his approvals? He got his approvals. I don't know that he's actually launching, but he got approvals. A few thousand satellites, and uh, Jeff is uh, definitely behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, getting a, a service up and running. Uh, SpaceX is just collecting fees from everybody left and right: cruise ships, airplanes, militaries civilian populations countries it's it's a huge success and uh i'm sorry did jeff get those engines out that he uh, people were asking where are my engines where are my engines did, did he get them out uh no <laughs> no <laughs> well jeff's got I, I think you gotta satisfy your customers before you do an internal project <laughs> jeff's got many irons in the fire absolutely yeah. so very good. Um, Can we call him Dollar Store Elon Musk? <laughs> <laughs> well, next story brings us up to Oregon. And Patrick, of course, is our man in Oregon. So uh, he probably knows what this is about. That's right. So this has been getting a lot of attention recently. And uh, there's several stories. But this one's from Tesla Roddy. And it's titled... Tesla Model 3 can be acquired for less than $27,000 in Oregon. And um, uh, we, can, we can go through the math, but um, it's a little specious here. Okay, so uh, here's the premise that they're laying out. The starting price for the rear-wheel drive Model 3 is $43,490 before incentives. And... Okay. The, the rear-wheel drive is great bang for the buck, all-electric, ample range, uh, great power. So now you start stacking the incentives on top of that. $7,500 federal, $2,500 from the state of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you are lower moderate income resident of the state, you can get an additional $5,000. And the way that the state incentives are written a certain percentage of the money that's uh, allocated for this program has to go to moderate and low income residents. Well, over the two years, I think it's been running, not they have not been meeting that threshold. So it was $2,500 for anybody and then an additional $2,500 for uh, moderate income. But since the moderate income portion hasn't been getting uh, as much use, they upped it to 5,000. Um, so, uh, right now, that's a pretty good deal if you qualify. And then additionally, some of the utilities are offering incentives up to $1,500. So if you stack all those together, that's $16,500 in discounts that you can get, which then brings the price down to 26990 which gets you under the $27,000 uh, that the title of this article said. Now, the, the reason that I said it's specious is that... Um, the, you really have to get the stars to align just right to be able to qualify for all of those incentives. Yeah. Specifically, the, the, the way that the federal $7,500 works is it only applies to taxes that you owe in that year. There's no carry right. forward. And if you, if you only owe $5,000, then you can only get $5,000 uh, off of the taxes you owe. So if you're qualifying for the 
lower moderate income incentive in Oregon, you're not likely to have $7,500 in federal taxes. Uh, the, the, I don't know what the, the Zen diagram looks like. If there's any overlap at all, maybe there's a little bit if depending on where your income comes from and how taxable it is. And uh, it's, it's, it, it could be possible. I'm not a tax professional. Consult your own before you make any action based on what you've heard here. But uh, anyway, it was an interesting story. And uh, I'm all for making EVs more accessible to more people and incentives really help with that. Um, having um, income, uh, lower income, additional incentives, I think is a, is a great program. So I'm, I'm not trying to knock any of that. Um, but uh, anyway, so there you go. There's, there we watch. Nobody said there wouldn't be math on this one. There was some math. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, you answered my first question about like how many people would qualify for the full liability and moderate income. Uh, the next thing right. is, uh, I'm not sure where they have what they consider to be moderate. Would that be a case where if you're looking to try and do this, that you should probably be buying the car in cash? Or uh, if you are somebody who makes payments, that this wouldn't be too much of the Tesla stretch? Or um, is, right. is this so not the... a realistic vehicle for that program? I mean, not that there are that many low-cost EVs out there. Right. So the limit is 50K to qualify okay. for any of the state incentives, which lines up well with the federal incentives that, that under the new program. Um, the way they determine oh, moderate- uh, price I think, of the car, not income, okay. Oh, right. Okay, uh, I was about to say, oh, if you so, so, your yearly income on a car, oh, that's not good. <laughs> oh no, yeah, you're, so uh, the way they determine moderate income, I think is four times the federal poverty level. And again, I'm not a tax consultant, check. Uh, and, and that changes every year based on what publications come out. So you'd have to check that to see if you qualify. Okay. Hey, JT. Very good. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, again, it has to line up perfectly in that particular instance, but certainly check mm -hmm. with your local utilities uh, with whatever state or province you're in, because mm -hmm. some of them are offering a discount uh, that, yes. that, is, that is not very publicized. So uh, make sure you do check that if you're going to be purchasing a vehicle to see if, uh, if one of those uh, is available to you. I know a number of states are offering them uh, in provinces, so it's something yes. that uh, you should look into. They don't advertise them well. Uh, mm -hmm. and uh, do your due diligence uh, if you're planning on purchasing a vehicle. Well, yes, absolutely look for incentives. Yeah. They, sorry, one, one they, don't, they don't want electric cars to succeed. Two, they're <laughs> hoping that if you don't take the money, that they can use it for something else. Which is weird because <laughs> if all the cars are electric, do they not make more money because they're selling more electricity? Oh, the utilities, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 But politicians yeah. might want to put, put it somewhere else, and the oil people definitely don't want us to... The, the coal people. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the Exxon uh, discount recently. Uh, where you, where you go, you go to fill up, and they say, "Buy an electric vehicle, we'll give you a grand back." I haven't seen that one yet. Right, but but definitely check with your state's Department of Energy uh, if if you're in the U.S. Um, check with your local utilities. Absolutely, if you have a um, Department of Environmental Quality, a DEQ, that's who's running the program here in Oregon, is a DEQ. So yeah, check check with all of those. Look for uh, incentives. Um, Plug in America has a good list, and um, it's not always up to date, but it'll at least give you some hints on uh, where to look. Excellent PSA. Very good. Very good. Next, Casey's got a story, an update, uh, an update. as to autopilot. This one, or, this or one as it is, is maybe not autopilot. 
<laughs> Allegedly. So this one is quite an old story. So I'm just going to flash this picture so you guys can remember what we're talking about here. Uh, there was a pair of older gentlemen. I'm not saying that they're old. They're just older than me. Uh, one was 59 and the other was 69. Um, and uh, they had not gotten far from one of the guys' homes in Texas. And uh, they got to an incredible rate of speed, struck a tree in a mantle cover and or a curb or one of the two which then caused the car to uh, ignite. And uh, some constable who was out of his jurisdiction stopped by and was running his mouth to the, uh, the media and said, uh, oh, yeah, it must have been the autopilot. Uh, they, they heard him talking about it uh, at the party and on the camera. And then, then that, we never heard from that guy again. However, uh, that didn't stop everybody from running with it from there. And mm -hmm. uh, the NTSB and Tesla found a nearly identically equipped car but at least identical as far as the uh, the autopilot system and software version ran it through the area tried to get it to do anything and all it could do would be to turn on the cruise control and the cruise control was limited to 30 miles an hour mm -hmm. so then ntsb continues what they do which is crash investigation and reconstruction and all of that uh they determined that the two gentlemen were in the front driver's seat and passenger seat uh before the incident occurred and they did reach, what was it, 67 miles an hour, almost 70 miles an hour, uh, maybe 69 miles an hour, I had to read the specifics, uh, before they hit the mantle cover curb in the tree and, and, and everything ignited. Uh, then the, the men moved to the back seat to try and uh, get their egress. Uh, I have a video on how to get out of every Tesla uh, should, should the battery not work on the back doors. The front door's easy, either pull the emergency latches or if it's older, um, pull on the uh, regular latches and then pull harder and then the doors will pop uh, essentially the other thing that we found out was the gentleman was uh, uh, many times over the legal limit for intoxication on alcohol and mm -hmm. he had another uh, downer in his system I believe it was a antihistamine yep uh, two sedating antihistamines and uh, they determined not only was autopilot not involved in this crash and not only did it not want to activate on that street because it wasn't allowed i think we were talking ap1 at this time uh i don't recall it's been a long time since this crash uh further the ntsb found out that the guy had never turned on autopilot ever mm -hmm. in the life of the car right right <laughs> so it had nothing to do with it and yeah. uh <clears throat> well constable speculation i don't know where he got his well, we, we know we know where the rumor came from. It came from that officer that was on site that just Should knew the name there. autopilot and went with right. it, and that was it. Um, yeah. But uh, it was interesting that uh, the uh, the gentlemen were in the back seat uh, because they were trying to get out of the car. Maybe the front doors uh, were uh, crumpled and unable to open, possibly. Right. Um, right. Can't really or, tell or from the photograph because there's nothing left. Yeah, aluminum uh, but, melts uh, real easy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that could have been part of the problem. And there was all sorts of rumors uh, on this uh, Texas crash in a neighborhood uh, that people were running with. Um, yeah. At least uh, it's good to find out that with the records of the car uh, and being able to research it, uh, you can come out with the straight story after the fact. It's almost like uh, Teslas have, you know, uh, an airline or black box in them. Uh, that gives you the That's ability the car, to, but theirs is just huge. <laughs> to to reconstruct uh, these things as time goes along. Like uh, having that bit of data that 
He's never engaged never used autopilot that. ever. Uh, was yeah. interesting. That uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's Facebook doesn't turn it on. That was weird. <laughs> not not good news as to what happened to no. the two gentlemen in the car. That's certainly a tragedy. Uh, but uh, you know uh, the intoxication level, uh, the antihistamines, the uh, the excessive speeding in a, um, a community road. Um, yeah. certainly were not, uh, factors that were going to help anything, uh, yeah. in this situation. So here's a picture of the scene, um, or at least not the scene, but where it happened, I should say, uh, Derek asked, what was the, uh, the blood alcohol level? And, uh, at, I believe in most places in the States, it should be 0.08 or lower. And he was at 0.151, uh, alcohol. right. Yeah. They said it says twice the legal limit in the article. It says that, but I'm not sure if they're saying twice the Texas limit or twice the general right. limit. So that's why I wanted to point that part out. Yep. So here, yep. here's where it happened. Uh, the house is around this area, and there's the crash. So like literally, the guy's camera saw most of it, um, and that that part was true when the constable said that. But the rest of it seems that he just pulled it out of thin air. Uh, so mm. he went up this way, and then this is the, the tree and the curb and everything that they hit that uh, that met their demise. Yeah. So continuing our theme of doing PSAs. Uh, one, make sure you know how to get out of any vehicle if the battery dies. And yeah. like uh, that guy and, with the Corvette and the dog that mm -hmm. almost met their demise until right. somebody found him. Yeah, and, and this has been an issue even with non-Teslas. There have been vehicle faults and someone's trapped in the car and they don't know how to get out and it's a hot day. And yeah, it's it's doesn't hasn't happened a lot, but it, make sure it doesn't happen to you. <laughs> yeah, of course, it doesn't happen to you. <laughs> right, yeah. Even if you have to have one of those uh, glass breakers in your kicker panel or whatever, have one in yeah. your glove box or somewhere. And that, was, can... that was one of the ones that still just really gets under my skin was the older gentleman who crashed his Model X into like a median full of like medium-sized boulders, like, like, like decorative rocks that you could pick one up at any uh, non-disabled adult human could pick it up and then bash the window with it to get the to get the guy out and right. the cop left the guy in the the bed of boulders and claimed that oh i left my uh, glass breakers tool it wasn't on my utility belt today so uh by the yeah. time i turned around any rock is dead. called a glass breaker tool <laughs> right right i mean like right he was he, yeah. was he was in a field of glass breaker tools so because you mm -hmm. didn't have the proper one you'd let him burn to death right yeah and then so the second psa is that um Anytime you see an article about Tesla, you know the media is doing it because it gets clicks. So if someone like, like says the something that crashed into a building, Tesla crashes into a building, it was they had nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Because that gets more clicks than Polestar. And then they'll just, oh, we, we issued a retraction. Uh, says car now. And yeah. <laughs> it's like exactly. Polestar says car. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I noticed that, Derek. <laughs> I wonder if the. Um, oh. If they've if they've considered uh, libel or slander or whichever it be uh, for the uh, person who said, oh, obviously this was autopilot because we right. didn't see anybody in the front seat. Uh, okay, you weren't a witness. Wonder, you were there after the fact. Him use that. Uh, what did he call the legal team? The the high dollar yes. high fidelity ninjas. Hardcore legal team. Yeah, yeah, that he needs to he needs to actually unleash them on stuff like that. That the constable. Well, I, I'm sure that's going to cross their desks as uh, time goes along here. If these instances mm -hmm. uh, keep appearing. But um, with that uh, said, uh, Casey's got the next story as well. And this one is about a photo of a recent Cybertruck spotted on the road. Yes. I don't know. You got that photo or would you like me to bring it up? Uh, I think I got it. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, share this one. Come on, computer. It's mad at me. I have too many tabs open. I closed a bunch of them, but it wasn't enough. Apparently, I need to go get you a to can of closing. soda to play to, to play the synchronized drinking game that's going on here. I yes, <laughs> totally sub subliminal, I guess. Um, so we we saw pictures. Uh, was it last week at the back of this thing, the newer yep. uh, Cybertruck uh, pre-production unit, where we were talking about the mirrors and we were trying to figure out if the rear wheels were turning at all or not in that uh, scene. Uh, now we can see the updated uh, front here. Uh, we've got some headlights peeking through the little crack between the uh, the, the the body and the uh, and the and the bumper shell, and uh, I'm hoping that they color match this radiator by the time it comes out because that stands out. Um, the, the 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 article is focused on the wiper. The wiper lives on, and Musk basically told us this. He said it's probably not going anywhere, and uh, doesn't look like it did. The other thing that came up recently was the, um, we saw this, what was it, last year or the year before, the magnetic wiper on a rail with the linear actuator. Yeah. Uh, that's making the rounds again as well. And I don't know if somebody just pulled it out and it started circulating again, or if, if there was a legitimate change to that patent, like a, another patent with more nuance or something. And and, and while I, I think that would be cool to see that thing skirting across, uh, part of the patent was that when it was done doing all of that, it would tuck the blade and we've never seen a uh, Cybertruck with a tucked blade. So I'm thinking this is just uh, like the Mercedes with the one blade, but instead of kind of doing this weird cool thing in the middle, it's just going to come down from the side. <laughs> they, that, they, may, they may surprise us, but so far that I think that's how the prototypes work. What do you guys think about that large wiper? Does it bother you? Like, you, uh, you think it would bother you owning it? Um, I'm sure it'd be on the passenger side unless it's out of view right there on the driver's side. Yeah. It's um, it is rather large. I don't know what else they could do besides you know break it up into two wipers. Uh, it, just like have a, a traditional <laughs> have a traditional wiper uh, yeah. type scenario, but uh, I don't know. I, I I think I'd have to see it in operation inside the vehicle to see if it's distracting. Um, it's it's, awful, it's awfully it's awfully thick and yeah. large. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just something I'm not used to today, and it would only take a, a few days for you to be used to it. Kind of like the center screen was such a jarring change uh, in the beginning, and now it's just second nature. Yeah. Or just the appearance of the Cybertruck in general. Right. Well, that's that... that's going to certainly turn some heads regardless. Um, uh, mm -hmm. I was I, actually talking to my uh, daughter today, and, and we were talking about the Cybertruck, and I was saying, the world's going to look like a cyberpunk video game when this right. thing comes out it's going to <laughs> yeah, look so bizarre really. uh in public uh that uh there's a lot of people that just aren't going to believe it like it's just right. going to be that kind of craziness where you turn your head and go was that a ufo what was that that's just it's <laughs> bizarre the windshield wiper will be the last thing they notice uh, yes <laughs> yeah so, so derek's saying that uh that to him that the mirrors look larger to me it looks like they took the already large mirrors and cut them into triangles uh, like uh, like you might for a child with their sandwiches, and then just threw the other half away. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Hockey Day suggests that perhaps they should have two, one on each side. Uh, the problem oh, that's too two... normal and boring. Come on, no, no, gotta do something too different. Normal and boring. <laughs> um, I uh, when you look at the aspect ratio of that windshield, um, yeah, you could do it like the um, like the Civic mm. and old GMs and everything with the two coming in like this, but. Um, 
Uh, that's going to double your wind resistance, and uh, it's going to add a part, add a gear train that's going to synchronize. And I don't know that if they did them um, any other way of having two of them, that it would kind of fit their philosophy of removing stuff from the truck. And uh, also, again, because the windshield is so tall, you'd have to also get them in there to the point where they're out of the way of the driver when you're not using them, and that they could actually clear the, the, the viewing area. Because remember, you're sitting way further back uh, than on a uh, typical truck. Well, and the other thing is that uh, with a single wiper, you're not going to get as much of the window cleared on the far driver or passenger side, right? There's going to be a corner that's not, and there's always with obviously with with yeah. wipers that are going on a half uh, circle pattern, you're always missing stuff. Like that's right. just the way it is. Uh, but uh, no, it, it just it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. Like Patrick said, I think I think the looks of it are going to throw most people off uh, at yeah. the beginning. Uh, nobody's going to even notice it has a wiper, most likely, uh, <laughs> right. until they're in it and it's raining. Uh, that's yeah. probably the only time you're ever going to notice the wiper. Right. JT says go the Hummer or FJ Cruiser route and put three of them on there. Three of them. That looks, <laughs> that looks bizarre, too. That looks worse, that looks, actually, to me. <laughs> definitely looks bizarre. Seen that up close. Have yeah. two from the bottom and one from the top. Got to be different. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, the important part is it covers the area that the driver can look through and then it covers the autopilot cameras. And it looks like yes. this one does that. Got to keep those uh, clear of rain. Well, let's move on to some supercharger news. And uh, what's happening lately is that uh, Elon, of course, uh, was summoned to Washington. He had a conversation with uh, the upper brass, not uh, Biden, uh, but with some transportation people. And we speculate uh, that they were pushing Elon about the supercharging network and whether or not he was going to be on board with supplying the ability for non-Tesla vehicles to charge at the superchargers, what his plan was. And of course, uh, we don't know what was said in the meeting. Uh, but He said, oh, now you know my name. Yeah, <laughs> I, I doubt he something. said that. I doubt he said that. He might have said that in his head. Right. But uh, the the next thing uh, that uh, came up was that uh, transportation group uh, that's controlling uh, the budget of that seven point five billion dollars in charging infrastructure funds. Uh, they've indicated to Tesla that there's only a certain amount of time that they can act within. Uh, that they have to announce uh, what their plan is going to do. Uh, what they're planning on doing for non-Teslas. And that announcement came this morning uh, where Tesla had indicated that they are now going to uh, allow non-Teslas to charge at up to 7,500 superchargers throughout the United States, coast to coast. So these are stalls, uh, not, not, uh, not uh, stations. So, you know, so there could be two or three stalls at one station. There could be eight stalls at one location. But um, Tesla is pinpointing routes that will give non-Tesla vehicles the ability to travel interstate and across states uh, to go in different directions so that they're looking at their vast amount of chargers. And based on a couple of pro uh, things such as distance from one to the other, as well as how often is that charger or station used? Uh, what's the amount uh, of times that it's empty or full? They're looking at all these things and they're going to come up with a number of chargers that can be used in those certain sites to put 
a network together for non-Tesla owners. Uh, they'll be using the the uh, most likely the uh, Magic Dock, which we talked mm -hmm. about a couple of uh, shows ago, mm -hmm. and uh, of course the Tesla app, uh, which they will be subscribed to, and the app will have their information and credit card uh, account attached to. So uh, this is great news if you don't own a Tesla and uh, you're frustrated uh, with uh, certain other charger networks when you're trying to do longer journeys. Uh, this will give you another option, uh, which uh, can be highly valuable depending on the situation you're in. I don't know how many videos that I've seen through other YouTubers that are testing uh, Electrify America and other uh, charger abilities. And a lot of the times they're let down. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're not able to get the charge they need in a timely manner. Uh, or at all, uh, depending on where they are. So I'm not saying that all networks are bad, but man, there there seems to be an awful lot of trouble when it comes to non-Tesla chargers. Uh, yeah. Having having Tesla in on this game, not only does Tesla get to get some of that $7.5 billion in funding to, to promote the supercharger network, push it out even further, add even more locations and stalls, but it gives the non-Tesla public the ability to experience what we all know, uh, that mm -hmm. it's, it's a seamless thing to use uh, because Tesla owns, operates, and maintains those chargers. And uh, this will be some, this will be a big plus, I believe, for Tesla because people that are going there and charging up their vehicle, they're going to see nothing but other Teslas rolling yeah. in and rolling out quickly. And, a, a lot of those and people. To the app first. A right. lot of those people in their head are going to be going, "Man, my next car should be a Tesla. This this is seamless for these guys. They're they're getting a whole bunch of benefit out of this system, even more than what I'm getting. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I think I think that's going to drive sales eventually. Um, but it uh, wouldn't have been a thing had the other automakers got on board because I'm sure they would have made concessions had they said, "Oh yeah, we'll help you out with a quarter of the uh, of the cost of this thing." And then they would maybe take the logo off of the superchargers or something. And now they're going to be stealing their lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I think it's a good move. Again, I see people in certain high volume states, California, Arizona, that are that are upset about this, that they're saying they're going to take our chargers away. And I really don't think that's going to happen. I, I think uh, Tesla is going to look at the data that they own and collect and they're going to make some intelligent decisions about, okay, how many stalls are we going to allow non-Tesla owners to charge at at this particular station? Uh, why don't we add another one across the street uh, right. or mm -hmm. add on to an existing uh, number of chargers? And in that uh, addition, we'll add in you know three or four of the non-Tesla charging uh, when we add eight more stalls. Like yeah. I can I can just see that type of thing happening. So uh, oh, yeah. I, I have trouble keeping up with the. Uh, number of North American superchargers because it's ever increasing and some of the stations do move. Not not many, but some of them do move. Um, so I asked uh, Bing AI, I said, how many superchargers are in North America? How many stalls? Because the announcement said there were 7,500 going to this program, right? Uh, it came back that they were 10,000 at the end of January. So that is 75% of the stalls are going to be uh, uh, third-party enabled. Uh, is, Bing, is Bing AI correct? 
Right, because AI, because, uh, because AI, AI is not correct <laughs> from the news stories I've been watching. But either way, um, the point was that's a lot of stalls. Uh, we know that Tesla's going to have more by the time they actually get enough magic docs out to be 7,500. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was getting at. It's a massive number, whether whether the 10,000 is accurate or not. And now I'm right. it's it it's not they're throwing they're info. going to install you know a dozen and say oh we have a network in place exactly no, not that would be yeah that'd be counterproductive so that's uh, yeah. that's interesting news uh, and it'll be even more interesting news to see where that first magic doc goes into place uh, is it going to be uh, close to uh, headquarters uh, is it going to be in Hawthorne uh, which someone speculated at already based on some leaks that they saw in the system as they were testing out the app. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we had originally heard that it was supposed to be a, a site in Arizona, somewhere between uh, Phoenix and mm. Los Angeles. Uh, but been uh, running it at, at Hawthorne, uh, like maybe with like some sort of internal beta or something. Um, isn't that site the one they closed? No, yeah, no, it's the, no longer. The the one the one at Hawthorne headquarters they closed, but there's another one they built across the street, which is available. Oh, okay. that's the one that was in the yeah. program previously. Okay. Yeah. I still think it's probably a beta test. So uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't wouldn't think they, you know, they don't have to certainly shut down a charger to test this. They've got chargers everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. They they got them everywhere. They get tested anywhere. But uh, it was interesting that they changed the app to show a certain address, which was across the street from from headquarters uh, or from the design studio. That is. Uh, My so, supercharger info is not loading, so I can't tell you what they say for North America. If anybody else sees it, type it in the chat. The other thing that, that complements this really well is that um, late last year, Tesla announced that they are going to start integrating third-party charging into their uh, vehicles. And so if, if, and there was a criteria, like they had to have a certain reliability, they have to be able to integrate billing with Tesla so that you get the same uh, good user experience of it's going to be working and you can just plug in and charge and go. So uh I think that those two together, it's going to give more options also to Tesla drivers. And, and, and Mark, I think you touched on this. They're going to be smart about which ones they put into the program. It's going to be the ones that are underutilized. It's going to be the ones that allow certain corridors to work. It's not going to be the one that has big queues of Teslas waiting today. They're not going to put that in the program. They're going to use the money they're getting from the government to build one somewhere nearby and to both alleviate that and make uh, these new stations available for people with non-Teslas. Yeah, I think it's a plus. Uh, again, I may be a bit jaded. I don't live in the San Francisco or uh, Los Angeles area where it's most congested. But I know that uh, we did a story last week about the cold weather up here in southern Ontario and how that mm-hmm. drew people into superchargers. <clears throat> so we do get them populated, but... It's not as much. And, and this, this article talks a little bit about people that are driving in between states and how they don't see them utilized, basically, you know, as they're doing a, a trek across the country. Unless you're mm-hmm. talking about a holiday uh, where everyone's moving, like Thanksgiving, there, there, there really is not all that much congestion when it comes to it. And the great thing is, as mentioned already, is that Tesla has all this data so they can they yep. can track it. They can look at it. They can make intelligent decisions based on real life scenarios. So yep. I welcome this. Uh, look forward to it. And I think it's going to help Tesla in the end. So definitely we shall see. We shall see. Next story. I want to talk a little bit about my favorite gigafactory, Berlin. 
Uh, I don't know what the Germans are doing, guys. I really don't. <laughs> it seems that they start to take a couple steps forward. It, it seems that things are starting to roll on, and then someone pulls out a gun and shoots their left foot. Like, it's just ridiculous. This story talks about how Tesla is moving along with the construction, the continued construction of Gigafactory Berlin, and how they were uh, putting in a massive solar array for the parking lot. Uh, so they had started to uh, tack down sticks uh, where the pilings were going to go to hold up uh, the um, uh, the structure uh, for the uh, solar panels that were going to drape over the parking spaces. And uh, quickly, the Citizens Group for Cardboard Forests or uh, Ants <laughs> Holding Hands there's a serious problem water table problem where they realized that Tesla was actually digging one meter holes in the ground of the property that they own and operate. Well, you know, uh, parking lots are delicate, natural environments. We have to protect. Well, they're wetlands, right? <laughs> parking lots are wetlands, are they not? But so they're, they're digging holes to place pylons to, to pour concrete so they could put these steel beams in place and, and make the truss for the actual solar array. And uh, uh, they had an injunction file. And they had to stop. And, 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 now it's, and now it's they're going through it. And the people from the water table, they're, they're complaining that uh, they didn't know this was going to happen. And Tesla didn't uh, get approval to dig on the parking lot area. And uh, even though the master plan showed that there was going to be solar panels there, I guess they felt that they were going to be held up by skyhooks or something. Uh, but uh, some, some, somebody's uh, wires got crossed as to what they thought they were doing or how they were planning on doing it, and the, the uh, construction had to stop. Um, wow. Man, it's, I mean, they, it's they amazing. Get their, they get a lot of their power from that um, natural gas, methane. And, and right now they're having a methane shortage because of geopolitics in in their region, and you're going to stop a major project that will relieve a, a, a lot of your need for that methane. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Genius, genius level move. And and, and Tesla's still moving on putting panels on the roof at Gigafactory Berlin as well. Yeah. But this was another patch of land that they owned that was not going to be environmentally sensitive. Because it's a parking lot. All you're doing is you're putting shade over the cars that are there and collecting the extra energy that's coming from that big fusion ball in the sky. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't get it. Like it just it's like I said, they're shooting themselves in the foot. This is this is environmentalism, I think, on a, a runaway level. Um, I understand that there has to be things to stop corporations from doing the wrong thing. Right, mm -hmm. but digging pilings three feet down or one meter down to put concrete in to hold up a structure that's going to help power the plant, and as Casey mentioned, divert some energy from other sources that are in short supply today. Um, mm -hmm. Man, you're, you're crazy. You 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 should have let that go through immediately. It's like those two classic songs talk about. You know, they they paved a parking lot to put up a awning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. So yeah. that uh, 
that is uh, the news from Germany. Which oh, oh, uh, also let's let's mention this. This is also the company and the factory that built the number one selling car in Germany uh, for the last couple of months. So they're they're German. Is that how you treat your people? It is bizarre. <laughs> There's an actual photo of it. So that was, uh, I guess that's as it stopped. But uh, there, you can even see some pilings are in place. So they got a whole mm -hmm. row. You got to take them up, and uh, you got to re, re, re. Yeah, you got to take them all out, and someone's got to examine them you and make find sure some you know, nearly extinct bushes to put down. It's, and hopefully uh, the cars don't poison it. It's, it's a bad situation, man. It is just a bad situation. Yeah. Nearly, I want every, to touch. nearly every parking lot should have solar canopies, and nearly every roof should have solar panels. Yeah. It's just it, it's it's space that we already have. You don't have to uh, do something. Uh, you don't have to dam a river. You don't have to do anything else. It's already got structures there. Let's just use it better and. I like the way you phrased that, Mark. Uh, collect the energy from the giant fusion ball in the sky. Yeah, and 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 if your complaint is that, oh, well, what about the duck curve? All right, well, how about next to the electrical uh, equipment that the that the electric company's already got on site? Put a big old battery, like a like a mega pack yep. or something mm -hmm. else. Yeah, exactly. For Tesla knows how to make those. Yeah, and, and we're always talking about how we want to dual purpose everything, right? So why not dual yes. purpose every parking lot? Uh, Everybody would appreciate the less damage to their car and the the cool, you know, walk out to the to the car in the shade. In the shade, and then you've got, uh, like you said, on rain. the buildings. Nobody wants to see a, a corporate roof, so why not put it up there? Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Next story to touch upon is this photo, which probably is hurts your eyes. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Ouch. But uh, this, of course, is the B pillar of a Model Three or Model Y. Not sure which, uh, but. Um, you're kind of wondering, gee, my Model 3 or Y doesn't look like that on the B pillar. And that, of course, is because your car is not being rented by Hertz. Uh, Hertz, of course, uh, provides uh, a renter of the of these cars, uh, the key card, the plastic key card that Tesla gives out with their vehicles. And no, that's not the damage that the key card does to a, a B pillar. This is the damage that uh, happens when you place that key card into a uh, a solid uh, clear plastic holder mm -hmm. that the key card cannot leave because the clear uh, and, because the waterproof uh, right. card yeah. needs protection. <laughs> yeah, uh, this I think just protects... making it bigger makes it less likely to get lost. But, right, but... right. Uh, it makes it harder to put in your pocket. Makes it harder for you to forget it somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, on this car, it looks like the thing probably weighs about five pounds to make that kind of damage. <laughs> but I'm uh, hoping it's the ring that is attached to the top of the thing, and not that the plastic <laughs> is harder than the glass. <laughs> so, of course, uh, the plastic is uh, this clear plastic holder that hurts encases the key card in is obviously scratching up the B pillar uh, dramatically. Um, we saw maybe three shows, four shows ago, we saw somebody's uh, pictures uh, of the. Uh, of the rims of these cars after they've been rented a few times. Uh, this is just adding uh, to the uh, to the wonderful uh, secondhand value that these cars are going to have uh, once uh, Hertz moves them off of their lot and sells them. Uh, the, beauty, because... the beauty is that this B-pillar is like uh, anywhere from 40 to $200, depending on, uh, on, on who you ask, and it installs in like 45 seconds. So 
Well, that's well, good. Hopefully well, they replace it when they sell them. Yeah. Well, right. we, I can't, had mine we can't say that about the life. rims, though, can we? Mm-hmm. No. no. And, 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 and so with, with the rims, it's going to look like a, uh, not say typical, but not uncommon uh, Tesla wheel, wheel rash, but times however many wrenches the darn thing is at. <laughs> yeah. Um, some folks on, on, on the tweet that I found that on uh, suggested that hopefully there was a thin plastic, like, like shipping film that just never got removed somehow, and, and I'm hoping oh. that's the case because if that glass is softer than than the polycarbonate case, um, that's not good. And if that's people are scraping either. the ring on the on the glass, the key ring, then they're just extra stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it Makes does, me you wonder if... on the camera, the diagram on the card and the, the instructions that hurt say tell you to put it below the camera. That's where the sensor is. Right. I was just thinking, I wonder if they need to apply a little uh, vinyl sticker there to the, the outline of the card so that they know right where to tap it without scratching up the part where the camera needs to see out. That's yeah. it. So get a little vinyl the... sticker with the round of the mesh of the card and say, right yes. card, because if you just put the circle, people are going to either peel it off or not know, oh, I, I thought I was supposed to avoid that area. <laughs> but if it says card here. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, there's a... Uh... That, that's a, that's a great point, Patrick. Uh, having that, uh, although the key card is not scratching it up on our cars, uh, but uh, maybe it shouldn't be placed there. Maybe it should be lower on the B pillar or you know some other place that's uh, convenient. Uh, but uh, this, of course, has not come to light until now. So here we are, how many years into the Model Three release, mm-hmm. and uh, this right. is the first we've seen of this uh, type of damage. Um, and that includes so, people uh, on Turo and uh, and and previous rentals like through yeah, Hertz and yeah. Enterprise and uh, everybody who used to rent out Teslas before uh, before Hertz bought half a million of them. <laughs> yep. Here's here's how I get in there. Tap. Yep. <laughs> still still waterproof and weatherproof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like the, the, it's obviously not weatherproofing the key card. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's for people that aren't going to lose it or you know make it inconvenient for them to not know where it is. Um, so yeah, they're already going to charge the them a hundred dollars for the up to twenty four dollar card. So that's on them if they lose it or keep it. It, 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 it always <laughs> amazed me when I was renting a regular car uh, for business that you would have this. You get both keys, you get both fobs, you get uh, these plastic rings on it, and uh, you know the whole keychain weighed about uh, three pounds in your hand. It was like that's. That's excessive, but it, it's there. encouraging so you, you to lose one? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like you're, when you lose it, you're going to lose everything. The secondary right. key, all the fobs, you're losing you the whole $1,000 in keys. So we can charge you $10,000 for all the yes. pain and suffering we have to go through to replace it all. Me, uh, meanwhile, Mary Led is over there telling uh, us not to put you know 19 pounds of stuff on our keychain so that people don't crash. Oh. Uh... She got inducted to the Automotive Hall of Fame for apparently that and a few other things. Next, I, I, uh, is it Hall of Shame or Hall of Fame? <laughs> Hall of Fame. And I was I was all against it until I realized that they had some like radio jockeys on there in the Automotive Hall of Fame. I'm like, well, she clearly did more than than some of the AM radio folks. So <laughs> Mostly. I'll, I'll let yeah, her have I, it. I would say so. I would say so. But not click and clack. You know, they they saved many a Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're in it or not. Oh, that should Next, be definitely. Moving on to the big game, which of course happened this past weekend. Uh, we've got uh, we've got the Tesla Semi that showed up at the Super Bowl, uh, and uh, no no uh, indication as to whether it won the game or not. I did not see it on the field, but uh, <laughs> it was there in a promotional uh, capacity. 
it was uh, actually in some of the displays uh, that blanketed the downtown core of Glendale, Arizona. Uh, it was on one of the downtown streets uh, where they were giving out uh, Frito, Fritos and Pepsi and whatever else to the crowd. Uh, so they had it there set up as a display with uh, Chester Cheeto on the back of the 53-foot trailer and the Tesla Semi up front uh, pulling it. So uh, that was kind of interesting. I was, uh, had a shout out to anyone uh, in our group that had seen it, but we didn't get any photos in. So nobody from this group had, uh, had actually thing, taken a photo. Just nature at <laughs> that organization. Yeah. So uh, that was interesting. Name. And, and of course, uh, also at the Super Bowl, there was a number of photos that Elon got himself on television during the game. Uh, he was in a private box, uh, and uh, he, uh, he showed up on the screen uh, for a little while, as well as many other celebrities uh, that were at the Super Bowl. No surprise there. But um, it, uh, it's interesting that... Uh, that Tesla, of course, uh, did not spend any money on advertising, as they typically don't. Uh, but uh, in one of the ads, uh, particularly for Popeye's Chicken, uh, they had a Model Y in a prominent position uh, during that ad. So uh, oh. Tesla got airtime regardless as to whether or not they advertise or not. Uh, it's just yeah. uh, at this point, it's just part of pop popular culture. And uh, other, other companies are happy to advertise Tesla for them, uh, it seems. Uh, and we've seen this before in past Super Bowls. We've even seen the uptick of orders during a Super Bowl because people look at the ads of electric cars that are being shown on the screen and they quickly go to a website or two to say, well, when can I get this? When is it? Oh, it's not, it's not available. It won't be available until the end of 2023 or 2024. And they end up saying, well, what is available? Well, the, the Model Y is available. Yeah, I think I'll order that. <laughs> so, have it by Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. So it's uh, every it's, EV adds a validation that Tesla was uh, doing the right thing and is the future. Yeah. So, so back to the semi, though. Uh, what could you possibly do with several megawatt hours, several rolling megapacks uh, for these displays? Like, you, you wouldn't even need to bring a generator or anything for your display because. Mm -hmm. It clearly doesn't weigh max load. Just plug into whatever ops port they give you, and, and now you're running your, your whole parade uh, giveaway of Pepsi and Cheetos or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You could you could definitely power an exhibition booth, no problem, uh, if you had the the, uh, the export <laughs> uh, the export uh, plugs available to you. Absolutely, it could be a week. Uh, no issue there at all. You charge up one of those things full charge. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it could run an exhibition for a month. It would not surprise me at all. Now that's taking tailgating to the next level when you pull up with a semi <laughs> <laughs> snacks and drinks and, <laughs> and exactly. entertainment. Well, like, like, yeah, you know, yeah. lights and right? DJ. The video screens <laughs> roll out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, the whole the there whole was one deal. other uh, ad that uh, prominently featured Teslas that was broadcast in certain regions. Oh, that, guy. And that was from the Don Project. Oh, yes. The <laughs> Don Project. Yes. Uh, the gentleman that's trying to stop full self-driving because he's got a competing product that he'd like you to buy that instead. But that has no nothing to do with what he's just doing this out of the kindness of his heart. That's <laughs> right. He wants, he wants to save lives by making it easier for people to accidentally get killed. He wants to bring about a certain kind. He doesn't want to bring about a certain kind of uh, future. 
No, he doesn't. No, I'm not even going to go. I'll save that he, one for a better yeah, transition. <laughs> he, he wouldn't care as long as it lines his pockets. That's what's right. going on here. And um, uh, it's a it's a sad state of affairs uh, where he posts a, a commercial, which is fraudulent. Uh, yes. He's got somebody in the car that is purposely avoiding and uh, ignoring alerts that are being told to the driver and trying to make it appear that the car is acting in a dangerous manner when all it is is a driver ignoring the alerts and prompts that he's getting uh, from the car. And, and and he continues to have like potato cam um, quality interior shots trying to hide the messages on the screen. Exactly. Being called out on it. Like, like he made like another four videos after being called out on the first scam campaign and uh well and tesla's made no claims that this is a level four or five system that too and he also requires uh, an attentive driver behind the wheel so if you hit something it's on you whether or not you were letting the car drive at that time or not so you have to pay attention and the the brake still works the steering wheel still works you can dodge things you can stop so uh, yeah to, to say oh they're unsafe and then he particularly picked like the Washington DC region and, and a few select regions to try to make a political point or to try to get not, not anyway, it was just, it's ridiculous. Well, he, he's he, aiming he at regulators, them. right? He's aiming yes, at regulators exactly. that could shut down the service is what he's doing. Yeah. Yes. He's pushing he a, a politicians too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, uh, he, he also, in all of these, he always fails to mention this FSD beta. And of right. course, obviously, he's not going to mention that his people are, are fraudulently using the system, like keeping your foot on the accelerator. And, and like one of the examples he throws out is about how it tried to pass the school bus. Yeah, mine tries to pass the school buses too. But you know what I do? I either turn it off or I push the brake because I don't want a ticket and I don't want to hit a small child with my car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, there was a police vehicle coming up behind me uh, last night when I was uh, uh, going to pick up dinner. And um uh, I was in FSD beta mode and it, it didn't seem to be responding to the car. So I pulled over manually by myself. You can still do that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's why I have a driver's license. I, I just, I just, I just wonder how many politicians won't even think for themselves or investigate it any There's further mm -hmm. uh, where they'll just take in the information and go, this is gospel and, and move based on them believing that this is the truth. And that's, that's of course, where ads, that's what they're for, is to yeah. push people in a direction you want them to go. Yeah, right. So on, on my show, I, I attend a show, like, as they become available, all these different crash tests. And, and one of the ones that I like is the European ones, where they uh, they evaluate the uh, the autonomy systems on all these cars. Tesla got rave marks all the time. Hmm. And uh, one of the cars that we're sure has has the Green Hill software, the company that, that Mr. O'Dowd runs, uh, it managed to hit both the pedestrian uh, child that popped out of uh, on the side of the road and the bicyclist, whereas all the others that hit something only hit one of those. And Tesla had a really close call, but it didn't hit any of them. Wow! Yeah, uh, something about a glass house throwing. I don't know something, 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 it's something like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, next, uh, Patrick's got a story about Netflix. What's going that on there? That is right. Yes. So um, if if you followed Netflix in the past, they've had a pretty lackadaisical policy on password sharing. And in fact, um, some people argue that that was very intentional because 
people who end up sharing passwords kind of use it as a trial and then end up getting their own at some point uh, because whatever relationship your ex broke up and now whatever, whatever. So, uh, but recently Netflix, uh, in a, they, they've um, finally uh, had some quarters where profitability was a little more challenging. And so they're cracking down on password sharing. So they have a policy that says that a device has to be on your designated home Wi-Fi at least every 31 days. Well, if you have Netflix in your Tesla and you're logging into that, depending on where you park, you might not be within range of your home Wi-Fi to be or, or, able or to anywhere connect to it. in North America. It goes through the Tesla VPN out of, assuming, California. Oh, oh so, you, so then even if you were on the Wi-Fi, it's tunneling through a VPN so it doesn't look like it's on your Wi-Fi. That's why it's uh, close on your Wi-Fi. <laughs> ah, Okay. Yeah, so uh, how's that going to work? Uh, your, is your Tesla going to get kicked off? Well, no. They Netflix has said that uh, this policy does not apply to Tesla vehicles. They probably wait. Uh, although the there, <laughs> there are some people that have been having some other problems with it. If if you have it at a uh, a system at a vacation home or whatever, you're, and yeah. you're not really sharing with anybody else, but uh, so so uh, they're having some backlash with this new policy. Uh, uh, but not for Tesla drivers. There you go. That's that's the short version of the story. Also, they they haven't implemented it yet in uh, in in U.S. or Canada. Uh, it looks like Canada's going to get it first. Uh, it, it was tested in uh, a South American country and one other place, and they accidentally posted it to their website. Uh, the new policy. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, accidentally. accidentally. Trial balloon they wanted the balloon. They wanted to see uh, how bad the reaction would. Oh, the, the balloon! How bad the reaction is, would be to, to the. Is news. that one of those balloons that have been flying through Canada's <laughs> north? We've been curious about that. We're shooting down Netflix balloons. Aren't I we? had okay. no idea Netflix was behind all this. They're going to be upset that uh, a few of their uh, test trial balloons are not coming home. <laughs> but. Uh, Thanks, Patrick. Next, uh, Casey's going to do a little story about Tesla Semi and its operational video that just came out from, what is it, MSNBC? MSNBC, yeah. So I um, just got that one to load uh, during the show, so I haven't seen it yet. Um, it, I've skimmed through it. It appears to have footage from uh, the, uh, the the expo that, that, that Pepsi did showing off their, their, their green day where they were talking about uh, the Tesla Semi, the grants they received, their solar, their other EVs, and then they did a show and tell with Motor Trend and a couple other places like MSNBC uh, on the Tesla Semi, and, and we learned some pretty cool stuff. I noticed that one of the comments was complaining that uh, the video didn't interview the drivers, and I don't know if Pepsi's under an NDA or if they're just very much like Tesla, where you can't talk to their employees. Yeah, they, did, they didn't, uh, they <laughs> didn't uh, approve the ability for drivers to speak to the media directly. Right. And, uh, and and um, it's, it's been pretty interesting. And then uh, we also saw uh, some video uh, from the drone army. It was somebody driving their car. Uh, they went through Giga Nevada and, and found another 20 or so uh, Tesla semis that appear to be ready for final inspection and delivery or uh, internal work with Tesla as like hauling batteries around or, or something. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, they were saying that uh, for the Frito-Lay uh, location in Modesto, uh, that uh, they've got them on full routes, uh, up to 400 miles uh, routes that they're moving. Now, okay, again, these are chips 
that these things are moving. <laughs> They're not heavy vehicles. But, of course, we're in a testing phase here, and we've yeah, said mm -hmm. this many times. They're collecting the data. They're looking at what is actually happening. We've seen the tests that uh, Tesla has shown at the beginning when they had the uh, delivery event uh, yeah. where they will were pulling full-size, full-weight loads. Uh, but uh, for, for Pepsi, uh, especially on the Frito-Lay side, they're, you know, they can do a lot of mileage because they're they're basically hauling bags of air. Uh, but when it gets to Pepsi, Pepsi's another thing. They're hauling yeah. extra heavy load because they're hauling basically water and cans. Yeah. Uh, so uh, those 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 are two wildly different uh, loads uh, that this company mm -hmm. is pulling, and that's going to be valuable information for Tesla. And uh, they said in the video with the uh, VP of operations for PepsiCo. Uh, he was saying that's one of the things that Tesla wanted to sign up with uh, Pepsi and start them on the on it first uh, so they could collect this valuable real-world data where they had both sides of the spectrum, where they could see heavy loads, light loads. They could see what's going to happen in California, how it's going to be used, what the, the problems uh, they may come up with, what would the solutions be. So all this is being worked out. Tesla has entered a brand new market for them. Yes, it is a mobile market. Yes, it is transportation. But the trucking industry is completely different than commercial cars uh, going out just to regular citizens. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. something that they're going to have to learn a lot about in order to uh, maximize their investment they've made with the new factory and hopefully pumping out 50,000 units a year once they get scaled up. So they've got a lot to learn, and uh, Pepsi's going to help them start uh, to learn the ropes. And uh, for the folks that say, oh, well, you know, the fact that they don't take the Pepsi on the full routes means they, they can't handle it on the Pepsi. It does not mean that. Uh, they plan to extend the routes with the Pepsi, but right now the way their distribution network is set up, they don't need to go more than 250 miles with the, with the bottles of Pepsi because they have so many bottling plants and so many uh, endpoints that that yeah. is all they need. Yeah, the distribution points are uh, much more closer together. So, so that's very interesting. Um, another story we're going to just touch upon this week is it just came out today uh, was that a hardware 4 computer was taken apart by Green the Only. Ooh. Who happened to get a hold of a hardware for video, or not video, uh, an actual motherboard uh, that was in use in a Model X, apparently. Uh, took uh, the box apart and found out a few things. One of the things being that the daughter board that's usually on the motherboard is removed in this. They've condensed the chips or the required computing, computer uh, processing power and just put it on the main board. So it's made the package thinner and lighter. And of course, less, uh, less board uh, means less cost. The other mm -hmm. thing that he found interesting is they had uh, 12 video ports on this new board. One of them was labeled as a spare, uh, and the others uh, were actually labeled where some of them said front and back bumpers. Hmm. So there could be cameras coming uh, to the bumpers on our vehicles. Uh, and as Patrick uh, rejoiced before the beginning of the show, stating that, hey, that might give us 360 view at some point. Yeah. The birds, uh, eye, yeah, the, yeah. the bird's eye view, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of so vehicles say, have that, and also the lacking. Yeah, they are. Uh, I'll say that the bumper, the rear bumper, was not uh, a blind spot uh, on the old system or even the original Model Three, uh, Model Twelve, uh, Model S's. But uh, the 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 front bumper has always been a blind spot to the car. 
Yeah. And now that the ultrasonic sensors have been removed or are being removed, uh, if you have cameras there, maybe they can uh, take care of that a lot better. Although they're still going to have to come up with another solution because we've got all those cars without ultrasonic sensors now. This is true. Uh, that are not going to get a camera. So they've got to come up with some sort of solution. It can't be, hey, just, just buy a new car. The headlights are on <laughs> canvas. So hopefully they have enough bandwidth that maybe they could uh, get some kind of sensor in the headlight. Although that is expensive. The headlights, I think, are like $600 uh, pre, pre everything changing around. Uh, situation. Uh, they certainly were on my on my Prius, and they were on my Model S. My Model Three headlight up here is thirteen hundred dollars. Wow! <laughs> From Tesla. Yeah, I believe it. Like I said, that, that was a xenon bulb in both of the Prius and the Model S, uh, my Model S, and, and that was years ago for both cases. So I could I could see the I've, inflation. I've also heard from up. another person that uh, shopped headlights with a, for a BMW i3 over two thousand dollars. For one headlight for a BMW. Whoa. <laughs> so headlights That's not the cheap. solution. Yeah. Nope. Headlights are not cheap. Otherwise, it's not fully self-driving autonomous taxi. Uh, they're going to have to give us back some money if they do that. Like, don't make it better. We'll see. Other thing that was on this was a little bit about a Phoenix, Phoenix radar, which oh. I don't know what that is, uh, except the more advanced radar than what was previously That's on the mm -hmm. uh, car. So... Tesla could be playing with the radar game a little bit again. Remember, they took it away mm -hmm. because they felt that it was unreliable when it came to autopilot, that they were getting positive and negative responses. And, of course, the vehicle had to take uh, the lowest common denominator, and that may not have been correct, even though yeah. that was the right way to take because you were getting a negative response, which required you to, to act. But um, maybe with a, a newer radar... The a more advanced radar, there, there could be there could be uh, some benefits to it. Obviously, there must be. Why else would they put it on the board? So, right. uh, and, and so that, was, that was one of the cool things they showed us with some of the tests we covered on previous shows, where they showed us the response time to the old continental radar and just pure vision, and the pure vision just blew it away. And mm -hmm. Elon tweeted several times that you know, hey, we'll look at radar again if we can get a HD radar, like a super ultra high def view, and so maybe this is that, or maybe. They don't know what they're doing, and they put it back in the newer version. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. That just happened uh, today that we got uh, that Isn't notification right? through our Twitter feed, which, of course, you can follow and keep up to speed throughout the week. Uh, uh, at the Tesla Life is the Twitter feed. You can also follow us on Facebook, which, of course, is the Tesla Life numeral one. Follow us there as well. We thank Patrick for for keeping that uh, Facebook page up and running. We thank Casey for our live presentations that we're putting on every week right here on YouTube. And we thank you for watching this week. Uh, appreciate uh, you being there and helping us out. Press that uh, thumbs up, gives us uh, a great hand, doesn't cost you anything. And press that subscribe if you haven't done it already. Uh, again, helps us out, doesn't cost you anything. With that, let's wrap it up, boys. Uh, Casey, any shout outs this week? I mentioned I do a show on Sundays. It's a little more general. It's not just Tesla over at uh, youtube.com at Casey Green. And uh, find out what else is going on. I, I do Tesla stuff because like, what happens is really cool is I'll stop my show and Tesla will put out a bunch of stuff. Mark will stop this show and then Tesla puts out a bunch of stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> It never stops. Yeah, it never mm -hmm. stops. It keeps us balanced. Never and, stops. Uh, yeah. Also, I wanted to shout out to the people in the chat. We've got um, uh, Volcano Girl, Amy, uh, Hockey Day, Zachary, Derek, JT24, 
And Silver Z. Silver Z. Thank you for your time. Very good. Very good. Patrick, any shout-outs as we're leaving? Yes. So I blog at carswithcords.net, my journey towards a future free from fossil fuels. And as always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. Thanks a lot. Very good. Thank you very much, everyone out there. Have yourselves a great week and join us next week. We'll get together again and find out what's happening in the Tesla life. Thanks, Lee Moon. Stay positive, test negative. <laughs>